we start? Beautiful, because I like the way that clapping sounds aesthetically. Do Beautiful. But do you? Be be no. I hate it. I don't know why I say that. I think it's because I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what to say. And that's what I barf out. Right. It's the great, like the welcome. Beautiful. Yeah. And I used to say, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. Oh, don't mind my beeping. I'm turning my heater off. It's no, fucking cold here, guys. And gals and whatever you, Did the, you? your nouns. I'm just going to start saying pronouns. Pronouns. It's cold. It's cold here. Pronouns. Um, so question then yep. for you God damn about eater. what you just said a second ago. What? It's gone. Are you talking okay. about on the recording? Oh, I was going to say, did you listen to the very end of last uh, episode? Uh, I listened to the whole thing. I left a little funny thing at the very, very, very end. I think I listened to it, but it fades out. Pre it gets pretty quiet. Yeah. So I don't know if I caught that one. Some of the other stuff you left in was funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny. It was funny. a hard. Funny. It was a hard uh, thing to like call and do, uh, and be like, nah, I think it's okay when Siri jumps on. Oh, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> because. I just start fucking railing against her. I'm like, fucking bitch. I get so upset about it. And I'm like, should I leave that in? I was like, it yes. is funny. And so. uh, I mean, their listeners are going to know you one way or another. Right. Minus, might as well pick the time <laughs> and place. Yeah. I don't cut a lot of stuff out because I think we're funny and our interactions are funny. And I'm like, I'm leaving that in. That's funny shit. That was always my rule. I'm like, if it made me chuckle, I'm leaving it in. If it yeah. makes me super annoyed, I'm probably going to cut it out. Just that makes like, Fuck sense. this. I don't want to hear this again. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so how, how are you today, good friend of mine? I'm all right. It's a, yeah. it's a day. It's, it's a day. It's a, it's a pretty busy day for me. So it's just like, you know, Ugh. Get do this thing and then move on to the next and then do the next thing and then find out you forgot to do like five things by the end of the night. Like oh, a fucking it. adult. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, how are you? I'm all right. My birthday was the other day. Oh, yes. Happy birthday. Did you have a good birthday? Yeah, it was fun. I, I prevented myself from getting too drunk. That's good. But I got to the Progress. point where I was uh, having a good time. The session was want. fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely wanted you more, but I, I, tell. I knew. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Don't you ruin this. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I knew in my heart, I was like, no, he wants the character. This is what he wants. This is how he wants it to go. So you leave him alone. Just and I also like I preface. I'm like, so you wouldn't be anxious. Like I'm okay sitting out right. the session. That's fine. And even even knowing you were okay, still yeah. created. Still like ah. Uh, yeah. Still, uh, because there was like I did want as far as narrative. I wanted there to still be like the cuts to like what was going on. Sure. Uh, and I've been debating uh not like yet but like probably in a month or two doing a little of those like uh 
what you don't see type things. Kind of a cutaway. Yeah, like cutaway even to like villains and stuff like sure. that. Yeah. Um, not yet, but soon. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to try one, see how the players like it. If they don't like it, I won't do it. But if they're like, oh, I like that. I'm like, cool, keep doing it. Sweet. But yeah, it was good. Had fun. Uh, good birthday. Nice. How about you? Uh, yesterday. Uh, yesterday or uh, the last Pathfinder game. I mean, yesterday what? was not my birthday, but no. it was it was good day. You know, it was another uh, work day. I was working on something, but I don't remember what it was. But you know, just just kind of a a day but uh mm. yeah we finished up the final as far as uh campaign journal goes we finished up the final beginner box pathfinder session so beginner mm. boxes are all done i've run it three times which that was really helpful for just learning the gist mm. like there's plenty of details i don't know and i'm gonna have to it's gonna take a couple years to really get a deep level of comfort with the game but right. Uh, I can run the game, so that's what I'm good. So now we're moving on to Gatewalkers, which is the latest and greatest adventure path. It's the one they're currently releasing as kind of a middle, it's like a campaign within a campaign. So I have a whole conceit on how it actually fits in with the homebrew and and everything. And so people are pretty excited. We're going to start making characters and all that good stuff. So it should be fun. Nice. Should gonna, be a Jimmy Jam. I'm going to add to your campaign journal here thing mm-hmm. with uh, Eric running the beginner's box three times. I played. You might as well just say I played in all fucking three of them. Pretty much. Yeah. Because a lot of people either didn't show up or had to leave a lot of time. Right. Two of them were purposeful. I was playing in them. We played like the high level one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then we played the one that I was in originally. But I really, man, just knowing what I knew and like our two friends that disappeared on the the last beginner box, Mm -hmm. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to do weird shit then with their characters because I know what this room is. So I'm going to try to do shit. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I tried to do failed miserably. Mm -hmm. Just failed. (laughs) And that character got fucked up. And then I took my other friend's character and basically had him walk right into the middle of the room. And start casting spells, and he got fucking knocked out. It was so funny to me. But they survived. It was great. But it's funny. The, when you play level one, like, people do not want to do, like, the optional battle at the end. Oh, it's because it's People are always like, crazy. nope, we're good. We're, we're good. But it's not even, yeah, we want to do it. Let's rest. It's, no, we're good. <laughs> oh, for sure. We're done. <clears throat> and being someone that's played that part with my high-level character... Uh, I see why. Like you, it's tough. I would be hard pressed to win that fight as a level one. Yeah, it seems hard. Yeah, yeah. If you're coming from D and D, Pathfinder fucks around less. I feel like, mm. or it's more like fuck around and find out. Like, right? Oh yeah. It'll you'll you could die quick easily. Not that it's really, really, really the most lethal. If you make one wrong move, you're dead. But it's like, yeah, if you just go in there willy nilly, like. You know, Billy will go down. He's got five status effects. And then, you know, Janine runs out of her spell slots. And then the other two just get shanked by the 
10 kobolds in the in the room you know yeah it's i i do like it again yeah. i'm 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 partial to playing games that are crunchier like that i mm-hmm. love playing in them they're fun sure yeah so it's a good time it's progressing well i need to spend more time getting back into reading rules it's been a little crazy the last few weeks so mm-hmm. but uh yeah good that's not i mean everything's run smooth no drama yeah. uh, i mean if considering our our uh topic last episode i will right. say that again i have to i have to do this all the time but a lot of it was like oh this person canceled or this person can't make it or this person's going to be two hours late and it's just like you just make it work so right. it's been a good opportunity to practice rolling with the punches and not taking it personally just being like all right well let's figure it out yeah easier uh, when it's just a beginner box rather than like your homebrew campaign it feels a little less personal right it should gonna, but it does i was gonna say it it, it creates this is the first time i've run uh a campaign that i'm not meant like the the time frame isn't doesn't matter however mm-hmm. long this is going to take is however long it takes mm-hmm. we're not and so I have all of these plot points set up and I start dropping things. And then the players that I'm dropping story points for, they're like, oh, by the way, I won't make it for like the next two sessions. I'm like, but we're, I've already started your arc and the rest of the party is like, yep, here we are. And I'm like, yep. How do you, how do you do oh, it? I feel you. <laughs> Shadow Vale has been that way numerous times. Like, okay, I got this. I worked this out. Everything's ready to go. Oh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to make it. Well, shit. Why now don't gotta... you just shit on my family? Yeah, just shit on my face. Rub it in, you fuck. Um, even me being like weird like that. It's not real. I'm not serious. I'm serious well, I mean, but I'm not real. Getting frustrated is real. Yeah. But at the end of the day. If you're a grown adult, you've probably experienced worse. So it's just like, what do you, I mean, you just got to get over it and move on. <laughs> it's about all, like, and it is good to like be invested in something. And even though it's not rejection, it feels like rejection, like have, like get over that sense of disappointment or, you know, <laughs> having your expectations around. That's a, that's a good thing as long as it doesn't completely devastate you, you know? Yeah, and sometimes it feels like it does, but you gotta just be like, ah, it's but okay. Tomorrow's okay. another day. You'll yep. wake up, and you know you you won't feel as upset after a while. It's true. Even with the OGL stuff, it's like as time moves on, you know, there's a new status quo, and you get on with things. True, true. Um, and with that, today, today we're talking about. Uh, something kind of abstract almost because uh, I probably won't be referring to the audience much during this because I'm going to be just speaking with Eric. Uh, yep. See you guys. <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah. What are we yeah. talking about? Well, w- what we're talking about is we're going to like start the beginnings of a possible like our own system, like making mm-hmm. our own system. Uh Slowly. Yes. And, you know, I, I would want to even have the idea with you of let's 
let's create a base system mm-hmm. and then let's do like uh like actual plays just with me and you where we utilize the system and one of us gms the other person and we play little adventures for this system i'm fine with that yeah i'm uh, just just fucking around with them see yeah, what we come totally. up with um my perspective on this is like i think this is another just like building your own campaign or adventures right. building your own system it's another way to get into rpgs and and see how they work take them apart look at them and hopefully learn some things get a new view on like oh right that's why they do this oh that's why bounded accuracy is so useful or whatever it happens to be you mm-hmm. know so for sure yeah. so with that let's uh let's dig into some of these things i mean you've you talked a little bit about some of these alternate systems so i feel like we should like just splay those out and then just we'll start talking about things yeah, I think that's good. So, uh, full disclosure, I used ChatGPT to kind of aggregate info so I didn't have to spend hours hunting things down and also just helping us spark some ideas. So if you're offended by that, I'm sorry. I think ChatGPT is pretty cool. and I think I, super cool. I'm also, you know, trying to use it and see what it's useful for because some things is really fucking dumb. And it makes me upset. So it's like, <laughs> feels like any other tool to me right you know that might be an ignorant statement so we'll we'll see but um so types of systems is where i started so it's like hey what are the different systems that exist i think the biggest one we all know about is the d20 system Hmm. right so what is the d20 system ian the d20 system is where you roll a d20 for basically deciding choices like right and you typically will have modifiers to add to it, modifiers that will take away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's rolling a d20 as your dominant uh, dice. Die. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a good uh, maybe a way to say like what a me- like a okay a core system or core mechanic when mm. we talk about that is how are you resolving conflicts. So right, whether that's, right. hey, did this person climb up the this cliff or did they jump the ledge? Did they convince somebody to work with them? Did they, whatever it is, how are you resolving that? Right? Sure, it's really sure. the main thing. So yeah, D20, you're ro- rolling one die and you're usually adding or subtracting from that, whatever the result is, right? So you might give a plus five if a character is really strong or like in Pathfinder, you might get a minus two if you're if you take on the second condition or mm. something like that, but you're still trying to hit a certain number or above most of the time. And that's basically it. It's very simple at its core. Um, right. What are some systems that use the D 20 system? Uh, there's one that's really popular. There's one. I know, one. I can't think of it. What it's, is it called? A, it starts with D. I thought it started with a Q. Is it a Q? Oh. Q and D. D and D. Oh, D and D. Dungeons and Dragons. The other role-playing system. Gotcha. Right. Um, yeah. And we should be a little careful here because of the D20 system that is trademarked. So there is like an official D20 system that Wizards of the Coast released when they came out with the OGL and the SRD 
for mm. companies to use, like it was like a brand. But also the D20 system, you can say any system that kind of uses this, whether it's Pathfinder or D&D or some of the other ones, mm -hmm. uh, they're using the system. They're not just not necessarily using the trademark, if that makes sense. Right. Um, what are some other ones? Some other games? Yeah. Uh, you know, Mutants and Masterminds is one that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. I've never played it, but I've, I've seen it. I think I have the core book for it, like mm. one of the editions. It looks pretty cool. It's an interesting take on the superhero genre, I guess. Mm. So instead of like superheroes, it's more like you're mutated, more X-Men-ish, which oh, okay. is right down my alley. I like that. I like the idea a lot that of that. Uh, Gamma World is one I've heard about a ton that I've never played, which probably is super fun. Oh, um, dude, can I interject something just fuck, to no. yeah, totally ahead. off su subject sure, kind sure, of, sure. but it's a, uh, it's a new game that they just released and I told you about it. Uh, cause I saw that they were about to release it. I don't know. It was a f few months ago, but it's this like, uh, dueling game where it's just two players and they're fighting. Is it from um, Critical uh, Role? Yeah, I, I saw a thing for it yesterday. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the I showed it to you a little while ago, and it was just they were like talking about that they were making it. Mm -hmm. And dude, I really want to like buy it and then create a mod like a system in Foundry for any of us to like play it, like basically put all of it in there. So like any one of us could be like, oh, let's fucking have a duel. Let's sure, go on there and sure. duel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, super pumped about that. Super cool. excited. Let's yeah. keep going. Um, yeah, duets are super interesting. It's an yeah. interesting form of of the hobby for sure. I'm down. I think that'd be cool. Sweet. Uh, the big one that I've seen a lot, and I follow them on Twitter, and or I follow the publisher on Twitter is Castles and Crusades. Kind of has mm. been making a bit of a splash. I feel like they're sure. way better known now because of the OG, OGL stuff. But they're basically like D and D simplified. I've heard. Oh, okay. So it's kind of it's an it's a an adventure game. It doesn't have a lot to do with castles or anything like that. But it's got the same. Uh, I don't know what they call it, but where instead of D and D, it'd be C and C. Right. So both the initials start with the same letter. So yeah, there's even like Call of Cthulhu D20 and Star Wars D20. So you'll see Cthulhu and Star Wars and games like that. You'll see them in like almost every core system. Mm. Like they've Star Wars has shown immense flexibility in terms of how you can play it on the tabletop, apparently. There's one, I don't know if it's the D20 one, I think it's one from like the 80s. A lot of old school gamers consider it like one of the greatest role-playing games of all time, apparently. I was like, really? Well, that's that's hard to believe, but right. I'm that's, down to try it. That's crazy to believe. Yeah, super crazy. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so that's D20. Um, hmm. Do you have any other thoughts or comments on the D20 system? No, not yet. Well, I feel like... We, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, when we start talking about, like, the ideas of a type of system that we want to build, then I'll have Compare more to say about sure. that. So I feel like D20 is... There's a reason why it's the most... You could say it's the most popular. Obviously, you have the D&D &D thing, but I think that having one die to kind of focus on uh, helps people focus their attention. Hmm. And I'm super big into thinking about how the you know the dice mechanics or how you roll how that affects the psychology of the players 
Right. So, so I think I think there's something about like this is my D20 that I get to roll, and it's very kind of egoistic, not in a bad way, but right. individualistic. You know, and a lot of people will buy like their own sets of dice when they play D and D and stuff. True. So, I've spent too much money. Yeah, it's a thing. It is. So the next system that's probably the second most popular is the dice pool system. Mm. So powered by the Apocalypse Games, use it. Not Apocalypse World, but powered by the Apocalypse Blades in the Dark, Cthulhu. Or is it? Am I wrong on that? I'm wrong on that. Sorry. Uh, Shadow Run. Oh uses right. Dice pools. World of Darkness. A lot of them use dice pools, stuff like that. So. Mm. Basically, it's what it sounds like. You have a collection of dice, usually the same type. So Blades in the Dark, it's D6s. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get more of those dice to roll higher, usually. So, for instance, Blades in the Dark, a six is the only true success. So you're trying to roll as many sixes as possible. And then anything below that is either kind of, yeah, you kind of sort of succeeded or you just totally failed. Right. Um, <laughs> And then they're like Warhammer 40k Wrath and Glory, I guess, is a deep pool system. There we go. Star Wars role-playing game. I think this is the one that people say is really good. It's by Fantasy Flight Games. Oh, okay. Mutant Year Zero. So that is Alien. That's uh, Free League. Uh, so After the Flood. All their, I think all their games besides Sembrum uses what they call the, the Year Zero engine, which comes from Mutant Year Zero. Um, nice. And it's all dice pools. And I'm guessing it's similar to Ian and I. Uh, we sh- probably should have talked about this, but we yeah, got to play say, the Alien right RPG. Now. Sure. Yeah. Thoughts? I had to do this the second time I've actually played a mm-hmm. little thing. Um, I think it's fun. Uh, yeah. it, it reminds me of playing Cthulhu, but it's aliens. And yeah. uh, I've died horribly every time. Yeah. Uh this last session, Eric made me laugh so hard I couldn't breathe. I played uh, a pretty ridiculous character. My intention was not to make it funny or silly. It's just what came out because I'm a ridiculous human. That's really... Yeah. And, you know, I've, again, known you for so long. When you do something like that, right? It's the nuances just grab me in the funny places. And, yeah, it's fun. The, I love the thing that makes that year zero system or these dice pool games fun to me is some of them you end up like year zero, you end up rolling like 15 dice. Right. And I really love that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. I would say the cool thing about alien that was interesting as opposed to blades in the dark, because it's, it's all D sixes for the most part. You're just mm-hmm. rolling that. But I really like how the stress works in alien where the more stressed you get, the more dice you roll which is actually you want to roll more dice, but you don't want to keep getting more stressed. So there's right. this weird this weird thing, this weird tension. My only, and it's not even a complaint, but one thing I noticed is Alien is supposed to be kind of a survival horror game like Cthulhu, but mm. everybody knows what the monsters are. And so right. for me, it takes me out of like, actually trying to really get into the fear or the horror of it because you're like, ooh, when is the face hugger going to show up? When's the xenomorph going to be there? Are we going to see the queen? You know, you I, at least for me, I fanboy out a little bit. Right. So it's not good or bad. I'm just saying it'd be fun to take that that engine and then reskin it for something that's horrifying in a new and novel way. 
Right. You know, but it was really sure. fun. It Apparently, cool. 10 candles is a dice pool system. That's really, really high on my list. That one seems. Yeah, really cool. I've looked at that one too. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Seventh C, I've seen a lot of. Um, it'd be interesting. I have a feeling that eat, like all the dice pool systems have a similar vibe in terms of the experience. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a similar thing where it seems like the characters are squishier. There's more. Yeah. There's more chance of risk. I could be wrong, but that's what it seems like. Well, so far, it's what it's felt like doing those kind of systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, what's next? Percentile. Yeah. Doing the uh, 2D10s or having a D100, if yeah. you're crazy. And the 2D10s represent 100. You can roll one between 1 and 100. Yep. So um, there's a bunch of good games that I really want to try in here. What are some of the games? Well, the one that stands out to me, I mean, well, Cthulhu uses that. So obviously I want to say, yeah, I've I've played that a bit um, and I enjoyed it uh, and it uses that. But the the one that always kind of stands out to me that's interesting is Zweehander. Zweehander? Yep. I I almost bought the uh, core rulebook one time. Nice. I've got it. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about the game. It's but, uh, basically a it's a clone, and again, not in a derogatory sense, but it's a clone of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Oh, so it's cool! Taking okay. that and expanding the idea, so it's grim, grim, dark fantasy. Like you're gonna get shanked and probably pick up two diseases and lose Ooh. a limb. Like it's more brutal, like that. So people say it's really good and really, really fun. That's another one that's really been getting popular post OGL too. That's cool. Yeah. Um, there's some other ones like Cthulhu is the big one. And also there's one called Delta Green, which is more like Cthulhu meets X-Files. So it's modern oh. and you're usually like a Navy SEAL unit or a military unit getting, uh, you know, going on a mission somewhere where nobody should really go. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently it's people love that one. That one's supposed to be really cool, but it's a Cthulhu game. It's just right. like a mo- it's like D20 modern, you know. Oh, and okay. once again, we see like there's Star Wars. <laughs> uh this one I would love to play, Stormbringer. That is the that's an Elric game. So Elric of Mel Nibine, who he's a huge high fantasy character. Uh, okay. He's like the pale king. He has like the white hair, and Stormringer's the name of his uh, evil blade that he like steals souls with and oh. stuff. So it's interesting. It's very kind of uh, Jack Vance. Uh, what's the uh. name? Michael Moorcock. It's Michael Moorcock's oh. creation. Okay. So that looks really cool. So yeah, I've only played uh, Cthulhu. That's the only percentile one I played, but I like it. It's interesting. Yeah. The one thing that fucks me up about Cthulhu is you're trying to roll a number Under. or below. Yeah. That really flips things, you know? I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. What's next? Uh, th- this is one that you, like, I've, you, you're the one that said this one and I was like, huh? Yeah. And it's called Cortex Plus. Yeah. It's less known. Yeah. Uh, Oops. And uh, it's the system's strange. It sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. But I, I again, I just never heard of it. So this one's odd to me. I've heard of it. I've definitely heard of some of the game systems that use it. 
Mm. But it was always just another one floating. The one that's interesting, the... Uh, an, in, an interesting fact is that this one was created by Margaret Wise Productions, apparently. Uh, Margaret Wise of Dragonlance fame. I think, too, when they were able to make non-D&D Dragonlance stuff, I think Cortex Plus came out of that. They used a hero, something called a hero system, which was a oh. non... It was a Dices role-playing system, and I think Cortex came out of that or something i'm very vague on the details but so that's all wrapped up in there there's cortex prime uh, leverage marvel hero heroic role-playing again marvel making the rounds serenity and supernatural so a lot of these leverage is based on a tv show serenity is based on a tv show so supernatural so kind of like free league you can tell that they have been trying to get uh existing ip to kind of popularize the system right you know so sure. how the bait the gist is that players roll three or more dice and the best two dice are totaled and then uh and the largest remaining die uh representing the effects magnitude magnitude oh. just means how crazy it is which we have magnitude and blades in the dark it's just a very shorthand for saying, like, the magnitude of this explosion was six, so it blew up a city block as opposed to one, which would blow up your your stove or something, mm, you know? Right. Um, and what they mean by largest remaining die is the number of sides it has, not the, high, the number that it rolled. So you might roll a D4, 2D6, and a D20 or something. Oh, so the okay. D20 would be the largest die. That's cool. Yeah. It's weird, but that's yeah. that's interesting. Out of all these, I think Serenity would be fun to play. I have some. I have a friend, Lindsay, who would be super down because she loves Serenity. Shout out. Yeah, shout out. Okay, count successes. Yeah. Do you want me to talk about this one? No. Okay, go ahead. No, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, either. you don't? Well, that's why I was saying, do you want me to talk about this? No, let's just skip this one. No, we're not going to skip it. <laughs> this has some really important games in here. Is oh, thing. absolutely. So uh, this is counted count successes or counted successes. This one I had never heard phrased this way. Again, this could be GPT extrapolating something, or it could be, uh, could be something else. I have a way to have it search the internet so it's pulling from articles around right. the web um so basically each die is rolled individually checked against a target number and uh the total number of successful dice determine the action's outcome which sounds like you get more nuance fate uses this although fate we'll talk about in a little bit because it's a bit modified Right. Genesis with a Y Star Wars RPG adapted from Genesis Apocalypse World that's a big one uh, Mouse Guard, which I've wanted to play for a long time. I've always liked the art from the comics. It always looked really cool. And then some World of Darkness games use this. So, basically, I know in Apocalypse World, which really inspired the Powered by the Apocalypse games, so Plays in the Dark, uh, Apocalypse Keys, Monster Hearts, all these, all these games that are gaining more and more popularity. Um... Basically, I guess you roll two D6 and you add them together and you're trying to get above seven. That's your mark. Oh. That's your target instead of 
six. So mm-hmm. Apocalypse World, I think, is in a bit of its own category the more I learn about it. Um, but again, I, I have to play it. Right. That's uh, similar to, uh, you just said it, power, uh, Keys to the Apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of similar to that. But they also have some, like, Powered by the Apocalypse stuff. And then there's also, like, you know, when systems have, like, another mechanic that's not based on dice like tokens and stuff right or maybe a stress mechanic or Mm -hmm. and we haven't got into adjudication which is like how do you modify your role so some people some systems use stats Mm -hmm. some use skills some use you know pools different things like that so this is just the core core of it Mm -hmm. so the last one we have there may be more than this this is what these are, I think, the most popular, though, plus a few. Um, the Fate system, which is used in Fate Core, and Fate Core you find in, like, uh, Dresden Files, which looks really fun. I love those books. And then three I've never, or two I've never heard of, Bulldogs and Atomic Robo. I think these are all done by Evil Hat because Fate, uh, you can get it for free. It's released, yeah. uh, but, like, uh, Evil Hat releases, like, printed really nice versions of the Fate books and... Dresden Files. So I think all of these are probably under the evil hat umbrella. I've also heard of Spirit of the Century, which I think is kind of a steampunk 1920s something. I remember it looking Uh, pretty cool. That's cool. But you basically roll special dice called fudge dice, which comes from the fudge system, which is what fate is based on. Um, They have pluses and minuses and blank. And basically you're just adding the pluses and the minuses together to get your result. That's all you're doing. So it's they basically wanted to make D&D simpler. They wanted a, an easier way to just look at the dice and know what the result was you got. Right. So it's just, it's binary, basically. Um, so those are our basic systems. Right. And it's really, there's really like two or three that are huge. <coughs> That's the D20, the dice pool, and the percentile. Everything else is kind of more niche at this point. Yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, and then there were some others that I didn't have time to get into too much, but like some, especially LARPing games, will use rock, scissors, paper. So weird. Yeah, which I'm guessing is rock, paper, scissors, but modified a little bit. I think you can use different gestures, so you could probably have like a vampire gesture or whatever you needed, right? Mm-hmm. And then point pools. In uh, these systems... Uh, players spin points from pools to achieve success in a task rather than rolling dice. So uh, if it says diceless role-playing on it, it probably uses point pools. If not, right. it's using a deck of cards. And that's the other one I didn't even think about is card-based RPGs. Oh, yeah. Where randomness is simulated by drawing a card instead. So Weird. I think that's a pretty good overview. Oh, yeah, there's fixed dice systems too. So... Um, they're saying that Dungeons and Dragons and GURPS is fixed dice, so maybe that's what a D20 system would be, is where you have one die, and the outcome depends upon that. Apparently, GURPS uses a 3D6. It's a weird little... Yeah, I've heard of 3D10 systems, which I think would be really fun, just for the difference of, like, the numbers you get and the expectations and stuff. So, any any thoughts on any of that? Uh, I mean... I have lots of thoughts and the mm-hmm. idea of creating a system 
if that's what we're talking about. If we have, if we're talking about well, just, just like thoughts. this, what what exists, what we've been over so far. Uh, I, my favorite ones are definitely dice pool. Uh, I love dice pool ones. It's been super fun to play in. Uh, I also, I mean, obviously, I like D twenty stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these other ones are trippy, and I've enjoyed playing them, uh, but they haven't like grabbed me yeah. as much. Yeah. Um, I think I prefer the D twenty base games because they feel more personal. Sure. One thing I've noticed about dice pools is I don't feel as invested in my character with them. Mm. And it might just be, it's also the same thing with percentile systems. I might in the back of my mind know that this character is probably going to die. Like the chances of their survival is very high, but I've just noticed I don't, I'm not as engaged with my character, not necessarily the world. And it's not that I'm not enjoying myself. Just that it has a different effect on me. Um, that way, I would maybe the one exception is Monster from uh, Blades in the Dark, but I think that's only because she survived for so goddamn long. Yeah, she she was definitely a product of Ian's issue when he plays as yep. GM. Yes, sir. Uh, that happens a lot with me, and it's yeah. probably going to happen again because uh, I can't help myself. Just a player pleaser. Um, so the, it's it's cool, though, to see that, okay, there's, you know, what exists. Like, if you want to make your own system, what's out there? It's cool yeah. to see the lesser known stuff. I think that's really interesting. And, like, the more versed you are with it, are there things you can take from different systems sure. to make your game fun? And I think that's a big thing with all the game design stuff I've listened to is they're usually... Game designers are concerned with, is this going to be fun to play? Right. Like, is this going to be enjoyable? Can't just, the math can't just work out. It's actually got to be something that people want to, when they're done, they're going to come back and play again. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that in mind, let's talk about some some new ideas. So I had chat GPT, or really it's just called GPT. Uh, I started with GPT-4. Which I have access to right now, and then I ran out of tokens, so then I had to switch to GPT three. But you can you can prompt it to do things like speak as if you were an expert on this, like mm. take on this role and then explain this thing, and it does change the output you get. So sure. I basically told Chat GPT, "Hey, speak as an expert, and with you know, with these old systems in mind, create." some new systems, some new ideas to play around with Mm -hmm. to get me started because I'm pretty inexperienced. And so it's hard to know even, well, how could you break with tradition? What would be different? Right. So you want to do the first one? Yeah. Uh, The first one's a sliding dice scale. Mm hmm. Uh, in this one, the players would use a range of dice from the D4 to the D20 to determine success. The d- type of die rolled would depend on the character's skill level with more skilled characters rolling larger dice. Uh, this system would create a more pronounced difference between skill levels while still maintaining an element of chance. And and I, I w- do like that one a lot. It is, it's a really cool conceptual idea. You and I were talking about like before we started recording where 
I really like the idea of instead of having stat modifiers, you have a dice that represents your stat. So maybe you start off with a D4, and then when you level up or you tier up, you get a new type of dice pool or, or something like that. Something physical right. to represent your stats I think would just be fun. That just sounds conceptually cool. It probably really fucked the math up, though. Yeah, I mean... Well, think about trying to balance them. things. If you have a D20 as your modifier, which is super swingy, so you could roll yeah. a 6 or a 1 or a 20, 5% chance, right? Right. But the sliding dice is really cool. I like that idea. That's like, oh, wow, I never, I didn't think about that. Um, so the no, there's 10 of these. We might not get through all of them. We'll see. We'll go through them pretty quick. Dice Fusion. Players would roll multiple dice of different types and combine them in various ways to, to determine the outcome. For example, a player might roll a d6 and a d8 and then add the results together or multiply them. This mechanic would introduce interesting interactions between different dice types and allow for diverse outcomes, which is also interesting. That's weird. Yeah. I've seen some things I can't even remember where, where you had different dice for different things. So here, my D12 is my attack die. My mm. D4 is my damage die, which you already see that. Um, I might just be making this up in terms of I saw this uh, like in D&D. &D, D4s are almost always just damage. Right. But D12s tend to be hit points dice, and your... your uh, D20 is your mechanical dice. Your D100 or percentile is when you need a wide range of effects. You know, things like that. So I like the dice fusion, too. I like the idea of rolling different dice depending upon how good your character is at things. That just seems, again, seems fun or interesting. Uh, I don't know how it would work in practicality, <laughs> but uh, it seems fun. Okay, what do we got next? Uh, we're looking at some dynamic dice pools. Ooh. This <clears throat> this system allows would yeah. uh, the system would involve dice pools that change size and composition during the gameplay. Uh, number and type of dice rolled would depend on various factors, such as a character's current situation, equipment, or status effects. This would add more complexity, 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 and variety to the gameplay. And that that has a chance to get bogged down super bad, I think. But Yeah, I think so too. I love the idea of dynamic uh, dice. I even thought this, uh, this is more like a D, uh, uh, VTT-centric TTRPG. Mm. But, like, dice where their faces change, sure. depending upon your level or tier. Um, oh, okay. So it's that you like unlock the... different symbols and stuff depending upon what you are, not necessarily even the faces of the die. Or maybe your die evolves, so you start with a D2, you get better, you get a D3. So you could go up incrementally. So that would be something you'd have to do more in a, a VTT, right? It's not very practical. Right. But that might be something, too, is like, hey, let's make a VTT... Let's leverage the power of the VTT and make a, a a game in there. A game that really works well with the tools that we have, you know. Sure. Yeah, I like that 
<clears throat> go ahead. Go ahead. No, it was, it was, I like that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's got potential. And again, listeners, this is why we're doing this. Not to like take one of these ideas whole cloth unless it's amazing. Like right. but get some get some ideas started. So well, using it as creativity, basically. The I'm gonna go back to something just and throw this at you. Mm-hmm. So when I first got into like doing D and D and stuff like that, years and years and years and years ago when I was young, mm-hmm. um, this was back when Thacko was a thing. Um, oh, th- oh, it's still a thing, right? Uh, was the, the OSR exists. So the I like the sliding dice scale thing mm-hmm. with the idea of like combat. Real quick, I'm gonna mm-hmm. just throw mm-hmm. this at you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Now, I think this sliding dice scale would be really cool to use as like if you wanted to make a like a combat system that was pretty brutal. Uh, but you'd like if you hit, you roll on like a hit chart. Like, OK, I hit the head. Right. And then there would be a like a, a scale of like one through twelve of like what happens when you roll a one, two, three and it goes up. Right. But mm-hmm. when you start, you're only having like D4s and D6s. So even a high roll doesn't move the what it happens on mm-hmm. these like damage charts. But as you like gain in level, these hits would do much more like severe things. So like you could roll if you're like, OK, I hit the arm and then you roll like a D12 eventually. And you're like, got a 12 severed the arm. It's done. Right. Right. You uh, could even do like along with that. You have the sliding scale, but if you roll the max number, you take Q from exploding dice, you roll it again. And if you roll a max number again, maybe you destroy the thing you hit or something. Like if right. you just roll high on, on the off chance, mm-hmm. you could really do some some devastating damage. Right. You could almost have the explode be like almost a magnitude of... Yeah, yeah, it changes severity. Maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it ex- So if you do cool. roll that like highest one, it does things. But yeah, like... It would create a very, like, lethal game, though, like, because some bad guys could hit the head, roll an eight, you, your head's gone, dude. You, you yeah. just died. Yeah. And there's, like, because it, it, so it would kind of take away just, utilizing, like, just the idea. Right, it would take right, away right. kind of hit points and stuff, but it would make your characters, like, you could make the combat very nuanced in sure. the idea of that. Sure. Uh, and. Speaking of which, that reminds me, one thing I didn't do any digging into today, we'll probably talk about it more next time we develop mechanics, but Matthew Colville mm-hmm. of MCDM fame, uh, his company is also making their own mechanic system. And so they are, if you subscribe, I think at the $10, $10 level to their Patreon, they mm-hmm. literally put everything out there. Like you're getting to oh. see the full process. So if you want to know, like, you know, the people at the top of their game, no pun intended, how they're doing it, that's a great resource. I've read oh, some nice. of it. I need to read more, but, like, it's a lot of content. It's oh, really nice. cool. That's um, cool. But one thing they talked about that I, I love conceptually is what if your hit points never change? What if the way that you guard those hit points change? So you get better right. armor or you get a new ability or something like that. So so that'd be one fun way to deal with lethality. But what if you don't actually just die when you die? What if, like, you mix it with the world where you then become undead? Or you, right. you don't just, you're not just done. You have to deal with the consequences of dying. 
Right. Like you're still Almost. alive or something. You could take a number from like Dark Souls or something and yeah, have there be exactly. like a consequence. Exactly. Yeah. And then like you're like, well, shit, I can't go to that guy right now. So I'll go deal with this other shit. Yeah, exactly. And then come back. Uh, or or maybe like you could do weird things. Obviously, any of this could be manipulated for not fun. But right. like like you don't die, but the villain stole your arm. So you can't come back to life until you get your arm back quest right. boom oh, okay. right there yeah. you know weird things like that it might be really fun just for it, it it feels more and more like genre-y like this would be really fun for this like highly right. lethal ridiculous you know something like that. right just so, battles doom role play things are serious consequences high stakes right which me and you love that shit yeah high stakes let's say this high stakes with weird consequences right not just death but like yeah, you're dead, but are you? Right. <laughs> so that and things like that, I feel like give lots of fuel for like the result of your actions, the consequences of your actions naturally build towards motivation for quests or whatever you want to call right. it. Like the players have thing clear goals. Like I want my body part. I want my arm. Right. You have a, a person. person. <laughs> you want your arm. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, I like that. Um. Number four would be stacking dice. This is really interesting. I love just the idea of this, which is you roll a pool of dice and then the successes you physically stack on top of each other. So the more successes you have, you might get a big fat stack of dice right. on there. So like Blades in the Dark, if you have a, let's say a pool of six dice and you get five sixes very unlikely but you would right. stack five dice on top of each other physically um which i don't know if that's really a core mechanic right. but it's really cool it does create a, a w interesting tactile experience you know and again mm. if you did this on a vtt you could have a little dice stacker where it starts going boop boop <laughs> boop and they start glowing you know kind of uh it reminds me of uh ssx tricky like as oh, you did more tricks, your your meter bar. went up. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I think it'd be really fun. Okay, what do we got next? Uh, nap time. No dice drafting. Mm -hmm. Now this is the one that I found. I was like, man, this would be crazy. Mm -hmm. Um. So in this one, the players would draft dice from a shared pool at the beginning of each round. Or right. turn, whatever you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the dice drafted would determine their abilities or actions during the round, and the players would have to strategically choose which dice to pick based on their current situation and goals. This, this, this mechanic would introduce an element of strategy and resource management into the gameplay. As a, I feel like the thing that's missing from that is as a team. Yeah, yeah. A definitely team-based. Also, right. you can have different die types represent yeah. different resources. For sure. So that it's not just carte blanche because you're gonna have certain players who'll be like, Well, I need all the dice this game. I need so you're all like the you dice have this. you have three D six which are attack dice, and you have two D four which are your like healing die. And you have this so that there's a little encouragement to spread out. Mm. Um, it also suggests like if you're gonna have a dice pool that's a group pool, you might as well have a group character sheet like a team sheet or a party mm. sheet or a crew sheet all uh blades in the dark right so it's cool 
So inter- yeah. again, interesting. Like, ooh, that could either be great or that could suck a big fat dick. Right. I like think that that would fun. be a fun thing. Something like just make a very simple version of that and like drop it into Friday's game and be like, okay, you guys, you're doing this thing. And here's the, you have these three dice to use. Right. And you have to use them as a team, blah, blah, blah. Just to like, you could utilize that as just a mechanic for you could. Yeah. weird little things that might happen. Or maybe there's like, this is cliche, not not for the Friday game necessarily, but right. like the party goes to a town where there's a fair and they're going to compete against another party. So you mm-hmm. have like a group resource thing. You right. set it up in a way where like, okay, we're going to we're gonna teamwork instead of try to like one player try to get all the dice for themselves or right, for something. Sure. Uh, opposing dice pools. I feel like this is tailor-made for a VTT. Mm-hmm. Where it's it, if you've ever played RPGs, you know what an opposed posed role is. It's where two people are rolling. It might usually it's the GM and a player. Uh, so basically, that'd be for everything. Every resolution in the game would be that way. So players would roll a pool of dice representing their character's skill level, while the GM or another player would roll a pool representing the difficulty or the opposition. So let's say you had a set of a DC fifteen. Uh, cliff that you're trying to climb you have a you know 3d6 cliff or something oh okay so, so your diff- your dcs would be based on the pool of dice that you get to roll things like oh, that so it's that's cool interesting. it has potential yeah. and more i feel like more tension because it's not just a static number you're like man the gm could roll real low and i, I have a good chance of success or they could roll high and i'm fucked Oh, so speaking. more possibility of play sure. uh, failure and conflict. And speaking of DMs rolling, mm-hmm. I will tell you now that is one of the weirdest parts about GMing Cipher System. Not rolling is that I don't roll at all. Yeah, and yeah. it is uh, disconcerting at first. You feel like uh, you had less control when you first started doing it. Yeah, at first, but then you realize, oh, I actually have. A thousand percent Plenty more control. control. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not relying on a die. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you can was, you can focus on just GMing the game, right. running the just game. Just making yeah. like things that I think would sound interesting to have happen right here that I'd normally have to have like, oh, a dice roll to see if that happens, but now I could just be like, No, I think now would be a fun time for this to happen. Yeah. So let's just have it happen. Yeah. Off off topic, but related to Numenera, one thing right. is Numenera was is considered a D20 system, even though yeah. it's a very weird D20 system. Doesn't, oh, yeah. It's, it plays much more like a Blades in the Dark, I would say. I think it's it feels like, like a D20 system for sure. Oh, from do my, you? Well, from where I am, because I'm not rolling. <laughs> well, the thing that makes it completely different is you're not, like, whenever you're looking at your stats, you're never looking at it as if, okay, I'm adding this to that. You're saying... Mm-hmm. How much can I pull from this stat? So if I have 15 and speed, okay, I'm willing. I, I'm willing. Or let's say 15 is my max, but I've got seven speed left. Right. Okay, I guess I can part with three speed for this roll. Right. So it's you're the way you're thinking about it. Totally different. Not right. at all the same. And that's I've I it's so perfect you say that too because. Uh, it was interesting even just la- like just the last few sessions where people have now started like 
ooh, do I want to spend this resource on this? Because they now know that you may end up in a situation where you're like resourceless and you're like, fuck, when should I use it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's much more resource management than... D20. Well, much more resource management than than feeling like, okay, my my stat is higher, so I'm just going to do better. Right. It's It's just like I can do more of this thing before I have to rest, essentially. True. So, uh, but back to these these things. Yes, right here. dice allocation is the next one you want to talk about. Uh, that. Yeah, in dice allocation, players would roll a set of dice and then allocate the results to various actions or tasks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the allocation would require strategic decisions as players balance their resources and priorities to achieve the best possible outcome. This system promotes strategic thinking and resource management during gameplay. I think this is cool if you think about like, okay, I'm going to use this die if you're attacking, let's say. I'm mm. going to use this die for my attack, but I also have to like get through their armor. So I'm going to use this other die to like, you know, agility die. And then this mm. is my damage die, those, those kind of things. So it, right. I think that also has potential where it's like, ah, oh, that's interesting. So it's a die pool, but it's not just you're not just adding the numbers together. Those die have you're gonna have to put them to certain things, assign them. Right. And you might not roll very great, so the choices you have to make are probably gonna suck. Like fuck. <laughs> I love that stuff though. Yeah. Uh, positional dice. This system would revolve around rolling multiple dice uh, with the position of each die in the sequence determining its effect or meaning. Interesting. For example, the first die rolled could represent the character's speed. The second die represents the accuracy. The combination of the position and the roll result would create diverse and nuanced outcomes, making each roll more engaging and meaningful. This I really like. Mm. I would probably call it dynamic dice or something. Because it gives you more dynamism uh, with what you're doing or how you're doing it, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Now, again, this has a chance to get bogged down. So it's if you can automate the shitty parts of it, right? Like knowing which die comes first, you're not going to be rolling any pools. You're going to have to roll each die sequentially right. or mark them, right? Like I have a red die for my speed and a blue for my agility or something. That would work, yeah. Yeah. But I like it. I like yeah, the idea. Cool. And then the last one we have for this is Dice Evolution. Dice Evolution. In this mechanic, players would start uh, with a set of dice. As their characters grow and develop, they would unlock new dice types or modification. modifications. These enhancements could include altering the number on the sides of the dice. So this is when I was telling you, what if the dice face has changed? Mm-hmm. I think I got it from here. Adding special symbols or introducing new ways to manipulate dice rolls, this system would create a strong sense of character progression and customization as the dice themselves evolve alongside the characters. Yeah, I think that's really cool just from a user experience side of things. Yeah, I think that is cool. I like the idea of being able to swap out or to add symbols to your dice like oh i unlocked this for my character so i can add this to my d6 and if i land on that it does something even better you know yeah and you could also have dice do things like if i cast a spell i don't necessarily have control over 
this specific spell, but I know it's going to be an ice spell. So I have my ice spell dice, and each face has, like, here's, um, uh, you know, Frigid Blast, and here's, you know, Ice Storm. Or, sure. So you could do some things like that, too, where it's not just trying to hit a number. It's actually randomizing your powers a bit. Right, kind of thing, I like so. that. That's uh, those ones we were talking about earlier. I think they're like fate dice. That's very hero quest. Yeah, same yeah. Same style. That's the same idea on that. Nice. Mm-hmm. So that's what uh, those are the ideas for new systems. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, Ian, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's some really good kind of seeds of inspiration here. Yeah, like I was saying, I really obviously we were, we'll talk about it, but I really like the idea of that sliding one for the fighting Mm -hmm. and like having the almost like the hit chart be a thing Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously I'm not sure how I'll balance anything that but as of like my brain I'm like oh I love that idea like oh I'm slashing at the head so you roll let's say you hit then you roll on that hit chart but I only have a d4 for damage so even if you roll a four you know, you'll slice them open a little bit. Right. But if, you're, but if you did roll the four, it explodes, and maybe the magnitude will change. Yeah. Uh, based on that, but then if you hit the max, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like yeah, that those idea. Are cool. I like the idea of things evolving, not just you getting, not just your number, your level, or tier going up, but like, mm-hmm. oh, I get different dice now. Right. Now I have the D8 to use for damage. I'm a tier three. I get D8s and my D8s change. Like the faces aren't just right. this one thing. They're actually, di- you call them dynamic dice or some bullshit. Right. I mean, you could even do it in the real world if you had like digital dice where like you could program what the faces say too. So you could right. do it. You could do a real thing of that. Well, you could even, I mean, if you're really into it, you could just write out what it is, like pen and paper, like, okay, the four is this and the six is that. Right. I would say the goal, though, on the end, like just putting my designer hat on, is make the experience really fluid and also easy to learn and use. Right. Like make it in a way where it can be really complex, but when you get your foot in the door, you're kind of getting things in an easy manner. You know what I mean? So, like automating the stuff that would be really confusing at first. Right. Um, um, but that's good. We should, we should have a little chat when we go offline about something. Okay. Cool. Uh, but I think this is good. I think we're both going to go think about things and maybe come up with some first drafts of like, okay, here's some serious mechanics to start thinking about. Sure. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to fuck with that damage it. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I do like, um, uh, what is his name? Uh, It's the guy who created Blades in the Dark. John Harper. Jonathan Harper. Uh, I like something he said where he developed his game from an aesthetic standpoint rather than a mechanical standpoint. So his whole thing was, what do I want the experience to be Mm -hmm. at the end? Which I think that shows. And so I will probably take that, take that idea. Like I'm gonna keep looking at mechanics and stuff, but what do I want the experience to be? Mm. Like if I was playing, if I was a new player playing it for the first time, what's the vibe that for I want to sure. be left with? So, cool. Well, Sweet. I think that's our time today. Well, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's you. So, is it me? Yeah. 
All right, listeners. So, you know, we always say play games. I'm going to say make sure that you take a walk every once in a while. Like, get out. Stretch your legs. I need to do that more. Um, and make sure that you, you know, work hard so that you can build up a sweat and stay sweaty. <laughs> stay sweaty. Like, subscribe.